grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the book of Daniel chapter 7 beginning at the ninth verse. I watched, I continued to watch until thrones were set up and the ancients of days was seated. His clothing was white as snow and the hair on his head was like pure wool. His throne was flames of fire. Its wheels were blazing fire. A river of fire flowed from his presence. Thousands upon thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, for those of you who do not know, we just had an election last Tuesday. So very surprised, isn't it? And maybe quite shocking to hear that. But with all kidding aside, oh, there's tons of mixed emotions on the results of those elections. And, and now we hear of possible taking issues even to the Supreme Court. But in the light of all this, I want to make it very clear that it is not my plan to ever use this pulpit as a soapbox to promote any political agenda, but always to proclaim the Holy Word of God and to really proclaim what Daniel saw, which was a great comfort to him in the light of those that ruled over him. See, Daniel was a prophet of God who ended up becoming a pretty powerful ruler under the number of kings that would be ruling over him. And he received a vision one day, and the vision was the vision called the four beasts. And the four beasts represented four world powers that were coming. In fact, one of them, two of them had already existed, but four world powers that the people of Israel would have to live under. See, the days of David and Solomon were gone. The days that Israel was a world power was long gone. And what the future holds for Israel, when you look at the four beasts, is quite alarming and disturbing. In fact, it's frightening. The future doesn't look the brightest. In the first beast that he was shown by God was the beast of a lion that had the wings of an eagle. And even though that may look strange to us for Daniel, that was a sight he saw a number of times because this was the emblem of the Babylonian Empire especially under Nebuchadnezzar. There were huge statues of lions with eagle wings. And because we know this, even from archaeology, that this is the emblem of the Babylonian Empire, it makes it easier to now understand what the other beasts are. The second beast, by the way, are, was a beast that was actually a bear. And in its mouth, it had three ribs. And it was commanded to bite and eat. Well, the empire that destroyed the Babylonian Empire was actually the Medo-Persians. 
And what is interesting is it refers to three ribs. And why this is so interesting is because the Medo-Persians had conquered three major territories, Lydia, Bab Babylon, and Egypt. It fits perfectly into the history of the world. The next vision that Daniel will see is a vision of a leopard, not as vicious as the lion or the bear, but it is swift. In fact, the leopard had four wings and four heads. And of course, four, knowing that four representing north, south, east, and west is the number of the earth. This is going to be a world power, but it's going to rule and conquer swiftly. In fact, we know this to be the Greek Empire under Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great in just 12 years conquered just about the whole known world at that time. In fact, his army of just simply 30,000 soldiers went up against hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Persians and destroyed them. Alexander the Great didn't have an heir. And so when he died, his entire kingdom was divided into four parts, like the four heads. Four generals will, real, will rule those four different territories. The fourth beast is not associated with any animal. All we're told is this was extremely terrifying and frightening because it had teeth like iron, and it had ten horns. So it was known to be a very vicious of really all the beasts so far. What is interesting is we know that this beast has to be referring to the Roman Empire. And it's interesting that this beast wasn't conquered by another beast. It really just ended, ceased to exist over a period of time. This is what Daniel saw, one beast after the next. Yes, we can put a name on them, Babylonians, Persians, Greeks, Romans, but all he saw was how these world powers are going to rule God's people and be over God's people. Frightening, horrifying, Oh, those words aren't even good enough to, to even begin to explain the horror that Daniel was witnessing with each of these beasts. One alone was frightening, but all four of them? More than any human being could even begin to fathom. But then came the end of the vision, which took you out of this world and into heaven. It was a vision of actually, we would say, an old man. He was called the Ancient of Days. Ancient of Days, not because he's lived a long, long life, but more so because what he was witnessing was God being eternal. A God who has no beginning and end. And that's not the only thing he witnessed. He witnessed that this Ancient of Days this God Almighty had clothing that was white as snow, 
always emphasizing his purity, his holiness. He was without sin. And a God who is purely holy is a God who actually hates sin. And then he sees that his hair on his head was like pure wool. The white on one's head is evidence, is evidence of age, but more than that, it's evidence of a man or a woman who's experienced life. They have wisdom from the experiences they've endured. But knowing that God is eternal, we're talking about a God who's not just wise because of age. He's wise because he is omniscient. He's a God who knows all. He sees all. And this is why he knew exactly what he was doing when he knew us, even before the creation of the world. And then we're told he comes to sit on his throne. The throne is ablaze with fire, and it has wheels that are just flaming. Now when you think of the wheels and the chair, don't think of a wheelchair. This is not a feeble old man again even though the picture is really the picture of an old man. In fact, realize that flaming wheels is representing what picked up Elijah when he was taken directly to heaven. Remember, it was a chariot of fire. What he's sitting on is not a wheelchair, it is a chariot. This is a chariot throne, if you will. And, and, from, this, and from this fire comes a river of fire that is going out. And the one thing that goes out from our Lord is his glory, is certainly his judgment, which is just and holy and right. When I think of this burning fire, I can't help but think of the words of Isaiah that describe the Messiah as one who would come from the line of David and rule like David could not rule. He would establish an eternal kingdom that would never end. And he would rule in the way that David could never rule. For he would rule with justice and righteousness. Keep in mind, fire can destroy, but it also purifies. And the Savior you and I badly needed was a Savior who would come and satisfy the demands for righteousness, purity, holiness, and also satisfy the demands for justice because the punishment of sin is death. And that's exactly what Jesus did with his perfect life. And he never sinned. He kept that law perfectly. And that righteousness of God becomes personally ours through faith in him who lived that perfect life. But he also took that perfect life and took it to the cross where he suffered the punishment for our sins. He satisfied the demands for justice. He died in our place because you and I couldn't suffer that justice and live. He died even suffering the very wrath of the Almighty Himself, God the Father, when He cried out those words, Father, into your... No, when He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus did this in our behalf with the invitation that through faith in Him, that payment is personally ours. 
And this is what Daniel was seeing. He was seeing his God that in the light of all the other beasts, and it looked like they were in control, everything looked like doom and gloom. And here he saw a God who was more powerful than all of them. The very God who said, let there be, and there was, creating everything out of nothing in the beginning, is the very God who will have the last word. The very God who is almighty and pure and holy and, and omniscient and omnipresent and eternal is the very God who is in control. What a great comfort that had to be for Daniel. Horrified by the vision of the beasts, but delighted with pure joy at the beauty of the vision of God that words cannot even begin to express. In fact, this is our comfort. More than that, this is our strength. Because my dear friends, in the light of everything that goes on in this world, we do not live with despair and hopelessness. We know we have a God who is watching over us, keeping his promise to be with us always until the end of time itself. A God who will not tempt us beyond what we can bear, but even provide a way out. A God who works out all things for good, and especially those who rest in his love. We have a God who is so wonderful and so great that it really chases away any despair and hopelessness. Look to the Lord. Look to the Ancient of Days, as Daniel was shown, as God revealed to him, showing him the throne room of God, the very God who made him and made us all, and the very God who saved Daniel and saved us all. But he's also the God who will judge us. We're told that thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. And by the way, these are clearly the holy angels. Revelation makes that very clear. This is the great, glorious, heavenly choir. These are the angels, the good angels that God sends out to do his holy will. These, we could say, are our guardian angels, and you have more than one. But these are the angels that already completed an important task because we're told here that the court was seated and the books were opened. If the court is already seated, then that means that God had already sent out, as we heard from Matthew 25, the holy angels to gather up all souls and to gather all human beings as he unites their bodies and souls, and prepare them for eternity. But before he sends them to either heaven or hell, God will judge them. It says here, the court was seated. It doesn't say it will be seated. It might be seated. It was seated. So everything Daniel's seeing, he's seeing as in God's eyes, everything's complete and done. And even though you and I are waiting for judgment day to come, 
It's as good as done in the eyes of the Lord. As well as the books were opened. Now the Bible speaks of books, plural, but it also speaks of book, singular. The book, singular, is the family, family register. That's got the names of all the elect, of all the believers. If your name is not in that book, you are not going to heaven. You are going to hell. The books are all the deeds that you have done. They will be all the evidence that is all written out, proving that God's judgment that he makes on the last day will be right, it will be fair, and it cannot be broken. The books, hearing that that's listing all our deeds, is quite disturbing. In fact, it's quite horrifying to think that the pages and the pages and the pages of all that I have done in sinning against my God and thought, word, and deed are all listed there. But keep in mind that in Christ Jesus, because of his righteousness, because of his justice in paying the punishment for our sins, our pages on the last day will be covered with the robe of righteousness, the garment of salvation. Those pages will be cleansed by the blood of Christ. So God doesn't see a sinful human being who should go to hell, but one who's holy because of Christ the very Son of God, he will be going to heaven. We don't even have to fear Judgment Day itself. Because Judgment Day for the believer is going to be the best day in the life of this entire world. The best day to be taken to the glories of heaven where there will be no more sin or death or sorrow or pain or suffering. But for the unbeliever, it will be the worst day in the history of this world. Nothing will compare to God saying to those who have rejected him in unbelief, depart from me, you who are cursed, prepared for the devil and his angels. Look to your Lord God, and what a privilege and honor that we have that we have this very day to be able to, to see the vision that Daniel saw. And yes, it's written out for us, but our Lord in his infinite wisdom would share this glorious truth with us, granting us and blessing us with the same comfort that he gave Daniel. And even though things may not look bright, or maybe you think it does look bright, no matter what, God is in control, and we have the victory in Christ Jesus, our Savior. We give all praise to the Ancient of Days, our Judge, who not only won for us the forgiveness of sins, but he won for us to say, Heaven is my home. Heaven is your home. This, my friends, is the absolute truth, or the word that the Bible uses, this is, amen.